sticks up, ball down. Lax 904 presents This Week in North Florida Lacrosse. Brought to you by Cantina Louie, Derek Prince Realtor, M. Shack, First Coast Crush Lacrosse, and BSN Sports on 1010XL. Now here's your host, Ray Carnicelli. by coach darby brower darby how you doing today i'm doing great you look a little sad i am a little sad lifelong jaguars fan seven points away but you know what best way to heal talking lacrosse season well uh we'll talk a little jaguars in the second half of the show i'm going to ask you a question you can think about it and our listeners can think about it if you could have one play back one of those drops bad calls Ooh. so just stew on that you get one choice Got a couple of those a couple of those lots of yeah a couple of options uh it's lacrosse season, Darby. I am so excited. February 1st, Flagler College opens their season hosting Embry-Riddle. I'm going to call that game for Coach Duncan, so we're going to talk a little Flagler lacrosse. Yesterday, I was out at Jacksonville University at Rock Beach. Lynchburg came down and took on JU, and then uh, also Florida Southern played Lynchburg, then Jacksonville played Florida Southern. So I'll give my reports on those. Coach Galloway is going to join us and and talk about the uh, early season. And Johns Hopkins is just, a, I think, 13 days away. Uh, February 4th is that game. And then they uh, jump into Duke the following week. So talk about going from the frying pan to the fire. We're starting out the season hot at Rock Stadium. Coach Galloway is going to be pumped up. I'm sure he's going to have some great thoughts on the scrimmages yesterday. Dolphins have a big year ahead. I can't wait. Who better to talk about it with than our guest, ESPN analyst, Lax Lacrosse All-Stars contributor, Quint Kessinick. Quint, how you doing today? I'm doing well. You know, uh, what what jumped out at me is Jacksonville is actually favored over Johns Hopkins uh, on February 4th. Who would, ever, who would have ever guessed that the Dolphins would be favored over the Blue Jays? You know, Quint, you're, you know, you're a Blue Jay legend. They've uh, had a couple of tumultuous years. Last year, it seemed like they might be turning the corner, so I do want to get your thoughts on that opening game down here in Jacksonville. Uh, as far as a broadcast, they haven't announced anything yet. I think they're still working some things out, so hopefully we'll have that news shortly. Uh, quick question, when do you get your schedule? When Do you have any games that you're locked in for yet? Uh, I have my February schedule and uh, my February schedule only. Uh, my season opens up on February 11th, Saturday, Georgetown at Hopkins, and then on the 18th, uh, Duke and Denver square off on the 18th, and then I got a bunch of games. Uh, but as far as I know, uh, February is all I have on, on my schedule. I'll start things next Saturday. I'm, I'm actually going to go to the uh, Denver at Hopkins scrimmage on the 28th in Baltimore, which would be good for me because I'm seeing De- Denver early in the year, and I see Hopkins three times in February. I'm hoping to be on the call for Hopkins at Jacksonville and then the following week, Duke at Jacksonville. What a couple of games to start the season for JU. Yeah, you know, you think about Jacksonville coming off that incredible regular season last year, a year that ended, uh, you know, just a bittersweet dis- disappointment. And m- my challenge with Jacksonville is because of the size of their roster. Uh, last year, I think they had 62 guys on it. And the transfers and the COVID years, it's figuring out. I mean, I, look, I have my boards from last year, but I still can't figure out whether these guys are gone or whether they're coming back. 
when, when a guy's a grad student, but some of them have two years of eligibility. Yeah. I think Luke Milliken is back this year. Well, you guys, you guys uh, didn't I, have them when you talked about the, uh, you know, the top whatever hundred or fifty when you had Terry Foy on your podcast, and you didn't talk about Luke Milliken in the goal, even as like an honorable mention. I, I, I was hoping that you guys just assumed he wasn't back because he was top. I, he was number five in save percentage last year, and he yeah, is back. Uh, yeah, like is is, is uh, Troy Hettinger? I think yeah, is he's gone, he's right? back now. He's back. He's, oh, he's they back. Moved what about him Jack to, Dolan? Jack Dolan's gone. Jeremy Winston's gone. The big losses were on close D. Colin Hinton and Dixon Smith. Colin Hinton didn't Dixon Smith. What about Max Walbaum? He's back. He's back. He's and, um, back also. Does he have a the, degree from from Tufts? Yes. Yep. Wow. I think he's, that's incredible. Yeah, a lot of people were shocked by that, and uh, saw him on the field yesterday. Jacksonville hosted Lynchburg and Florida Southern yesterday. Uh, what about Reed Smith? Reed Smith is back. Now, Darby's my co-host today. He coached – Darby was a head coach at Florida State when Reed was there, and obviously he's a local kid from Ponte Vedra. So, yeah, we're excited to see him. And his brother start, was started yesterday at Close Defense, a Utah transfer. That Davis Smith. Correct. Yeah. Uh, what about Marshall McGuire at midfield, Oregon? He's, he's uh, back. Yeah, I, I love Marshall McGuire wearing that Syracuse 44. He transferred from Syracuse. He's back. He scored a goal yesterday. Uh, I, I really like him. Quint, you and I are – you know, from a different time and in, in, in era, but Marshall McGuire is one of those guys that you know I could have seen him uh, trotting through the mud back in the, you know the olden days with us. They also have uh, Cole Danninger uh, transfer. Uh, do you remember Cole? I believe at Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers is a good short stick midfielder. Yeah, uh, he, I think many. I think he's gonna we're gonna see him play some offense this year as well. And then they've got Galloway from UMBC, uh, number thirty three. The year before last, I think he had. Like uh, I don't know, nine goals in his final three games and five in in the conference championship. Uh, you know the UMBC transfer uh, Galloway is uh, he's going to make his mark too. There's a lot of did, questions did, on Ju though. Yeah, uh, Jackson Intrieri. He's so good, Quint. He's back. Griner, uh, Zach Grind- Eakin at the short stick. He's back. What uh, Nathan Cap now is yep. a junior. He's back. Uh, is Jason Yaquinto still the backup, or is he gone? He's the backup, and he started yesterday, but he's not. He's not the starter. He's back. They brought him in on man down like they did last year. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So you look at the attack. You've got Waldbaum, obviously Dylan Watson, Intrieri, and Griner. So you've got four wow. top level attackmen. And you've got your goalie back with Luke Milliken, number five in save percentage. You've got your faceoff guy back. You've got. Uh, you know, those middies I mentioned, um, Ethan Lamond last year had a breakout season. He's really, really good. Uh, there's a few questions at the midfield, but I, I really like uh, the new guys. I like Galloway. He, he's got range. Um, Danninger, I think, is going to go both ways. you got Marshall McGuire. Uh, they've got a couple of young guys. You know, Coach Galloway's brought some, some freshmen in that are going to make impact. But the big, huge, massive, gaping question is at close defense. Uh, they only have one yeah, guy you back. Lose two or three, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Gordon Ogden the third. Yes. Uh, is, he, is he a long pole or is he a close? Uh, a little bit of both. Yesterday he was uh, saw him on the wing quite a bit, mostly long pole. But I think there's it's still a work in progress trying to figure out who's going to get on the field at close defense. So Davis Smith's in the running. I got a Jack Heed from uh, Bellevue, Washington. Yeah, he's a starter. He's a captain. He's the returner. He 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 gotcha. ended up being that third guy most of the season last year. There's a guy named Quinn Fuller as a freshman. Uh, and as yeah. I mentioned, they had Troy Hedinger back there, uh, moved him from a lot of different positions, uh, but uh, he, he's carrying the long pole this year. I'm not sure. That's a question for me. And then they've got three or four studly freshmen that 
I think whoever matures fast enough, Quint, is going to be the guy or the guys. Uh, they've got a lot of learning to do in a short period of time. We're going to have Coach Galloway on and uh, have him speak to that. But, it, you know, you know this, Quint. Lynchburg is really good. And the first six, seven, eight, nine offensive players at Lynchburg are, I, I yeah. think, D1 capable. And we saw that yesterday. Yeah. And they kind of exposed Jacksonville's youth at close defense. And to be honest with you, and I don't like being uber critical, but we're both goalies here. Like, I think Coach Galloway and Jason Yokinto would agree that they needed better out of that position coming off the near side pipe way too many times, letting up some, you know, rangy shots. So it's early. It's early. And, you know, Milliken came in, and um, I have – utmost confidence in the goalie position at Jacksonville. I feel like I need to ask you more questions. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, the people, the uh, questions so you're asking, uh, Quint, are what our listeners well, want to ask as well. So, uh, Big picture, uh, the realignment uh, part of this thing and, and the schedule, uh, what, what impact are you seeing? Well, I, I, I loved um, having those rivalries with Richmond and High Point. They're playing High Point this year out of conference. I'm going to miss that. It almost reminds me of the olden days. You know, I was on the staff in year one and started calling the games in year two. It almost reminds me of when they were in the MAC with Marist and um, you know all of those really strong teams. I don't love it. Uh, I don't. I also don't love bouncing around, and I don't like love you know the the travel. But I think a lot of lacrosse fans, newer lacrosse fans, don't realize like how good Robert Morris is. Like how good. Utah and Air Force are sometimes and can be. This is a tough schedule. You know, playing Marist out of conference, playing High Point out of conference, um, UMass Lowell, it's going to be better. Um, so I, the schedule works in Jacksonville's favor. They're going to struggle, I think, against Duke and Hopkins and Marist and maybe even High Point. But I think by the time these young guys on defense mature for the ASUN play, and Jacksonville's schedule and hosting a lot of the tough again, tougher games, they are going to be battle-ready come conference time, and I fully expect them to win the conference and make their first trip to the NCAA. So you don't think they should be favored over Johns Hopkins? No. Interesting. I hope – is anyone listening? Um, I might catch some, some grief for that. but Well, well, I mean, can Nathan Cap stand toe-to-toe with, with Hopkins, Matt Naruski facing off? That's the, the first question. The one thing that Hopkins Nathan – is not that good. I think Hopkins be slightly better this year than they were last year, but well, that's a that's a total different argument. Nathan but Cap Jack- is Jacksonville's Jacksonville's proven against some non-conference foes in the last two or three years. I hundred so percent agree with you. Another case where a team comes down, they should have taken down Ohio State a couple of years ago. Oh, they yeah. beat Duke. I mean, why why not this time? Everything sets up for this as an epic game for the, the Dolphins. Hey, Quint Darby here. How do you feel about the hire of John Crawley, Hopkins alum? Do you think that's going to be a big addition for, for the Blue Jays coming in this spring? I do. I think it's a positive. I think it's really positive. Uh, you know, John's, John's – uh, Peter Millman has now surrounded himself with grads. Jamison Kester, who coaches the defense, is a Hopkins grad. Uh, Crawley played midfield there. Even their volunteer, Brian Kelly, is a former midfielder. So I think uh, Coach Millman's doing a good job to try to try to, you know, tap into guys who understand what it's like to go to school there. Uh, to live in Baltimore and, and play for this team, uh, I, I think Hopkins will be a little better this year. I'm, I'm, their schedule is just brutal, though. I mean, this is the hardest schedule I've ever seen. Uh, where, where they 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 play like Georgetown, North Carolina, and and Virginia in seven days, and then they turn around and play three more games in seven days, including like St. Joe's, and their non-conference schedule is killer, killer. 
they play Jacksonville, Utah, and St. Joe's, which you'd think all could all could win their league. Uh, and then obviously you're playing Carolina and Virginia at the at, at the ACC. You're playing Navy, who's going to be pretty good this year. And then you get your Big Ten schedule. It's a ridiculous schedule. Quint, back to uh, you had mentioned Nathan Cap. He's gotten so much better at what he does after he gets the ball. You know, the first couple yeah. of years coming from Wisconsin, you know, he'd get the ball and, and panic. Um, and now he, he knows how to get it to space and find the open guy. So um, it's just – and it, maybe I'm – it was a concern coming in out of the fall was the close defense, and Lynchburg ended up, you know, winning by one goal. But it, it's not that. It's it's the fall. I mean, the spring. It's a scrimmage. But um, they've just got a lot of learning to do in a short period of time. That game's in 13 days. That's my biggest concern. It's not if, – if they were playing at the end of the season, I would say, yeah, I would – be fully confident in Jacksonville, and we'll learn more. They're scrimmaging at UNC next week. They're traveling up to North Carolina, so uh, they'll they've got a, a lot of work to do. I love Jacksonville's coaching staff: Grinelli, Prasinski, and Coach Galloway. Uh, this team will be way better in a month than they are right now. Yeah, so it sounds like they're going to be able to score. Uh, you bring back your attack, and it sounds like the question marks are on defense. So we anticipate a high-scoring game where. You know, if Milliken gets the better hand of his, of his matchup with a Hopkins starter, we're not sure who it's going to be uh, between the pipes. Uh, and, and then if Cap, I think, you know, a high-scoring game means more face-offs. Uh, Naruski would certainly have the advantage on paper there, but you never know. Yep. So, uh, obviously, wing play is going to be critical. But, you know, I think Jacksonville's inexperience on defense combined with their strong attack leads to a game that probably will get into the teens. Well, I think a lot of people are going to be watching on that Saturday night. Quint, we are short on time, but I want to ask you one question. Um, how, how many teams in Division One do you think have a legitimate chance to take away the title this year? Uh, probably around 10, I would think. Maybe that's, 8 that's to 10. That's a little more than normal, don't you think? I do. You know, I tried to do my top 10 recently. I wrote it down. I don't know. I think I threw away my notes. But I, I had 10 teams that I listed kind of as, as – I felt pretty good that they were better than the next 10 teams in my eyes. And then of that group, we're dealing with like the Virginias of the world, Notre Dame, Duke, Maryland. Then I tried to sort those into order, you know, do them in small pods that way. Uh, and, and I had, I mean, when, when I got Yale at eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, Yale can win the national championship. Cornell down six, seven, eight, Cornell can win the national championship. We know Maryland can. We know Virginia can. Can Notre Dame? That's the biggest question to me. Like, this is a program that's been around for 30 years, and they can't win. What makes this year any different? Yeah, I know they bring in Brian Tevlin, and they bring in Chris Fake, and they return a lot of talent. But, like, like what, what's going to change there? What, what, what in their process is going to change that allows them to get over the hump? So I, I don't know about that. In general, I'm fading Maryland a little. Uh, the more I look okay. at it, they lose their top five scorers. Okay, four graduated. Duarte winner. They lose uh, Malover to injury. They lose their four short stick defensive defensive midfielders. All played in the pros last summer. All cast checks. Okay, that's nine impact players they lose. So I'm not as bullish on Maryland as everyone else. I'm a little more bullish on Ohio State in the Big Ten. Quint, the the radio clock is not as much fun as the podcast yep. clock. Um, I, I hope to have you back. I want to talk about the the locals like. Hess and Dobson, and we've got a bunch of other guys from the, our local 904 area uh, who are going to make big impacts in Division One. But I can't wait for your coverage. Um, yeah, you know, keep keep an eye on Jacksonville, and uh, hopefully they prove me wrong on the fourth. But I really appreciate your willingness to join us. Uh, you've been so generous with your time, and I, I love your coverage. So uh, Good, hope you know, to have thank you back you guys. soon. If you need anything from that January 28th scrimmage, Denver Hopkins, just let me know.
Will do. You Thank well. you very much. Take Thank care. you, Quint. That was Quint Kastanik of ESPN and a contributor to Lacrosse All-Stars. We're going to go ahead and take a break and come back with the head coach of the JU Dolphins, John Galloway. This week in North Florida Lacrosse on 1010XL. You can run on. Welcome back to This Week in North Florida Lacrosse. I am Ray Carnicelli, joined by Coach Darby Brower. Okay, so Darby, we had Quint Kessenick and John Galloway on. That that makes three goalies on the uh, radio show today. And I'm between between us, we've got national championships, all Americans, goalie of the year, uh, huge high save percentages. I I don't have any of those things, but uh, those are pretty two. In the, in the goalie world, Ray, we call those guys legends. Legends. Between John legends. and Quinn. And, and, and they've flipped it, and now they're legends in other things. Coach Galloway and ESP, ESPN's Quint Kessenick. You see him on the Frozen Four for hockey, obviously on the sideline for the NFL. He does uh, horse racing. He does wrestling. Uh, Lacrosse All-Stars. Go visit Lacrosse All-Stars. He's got some great podcasts. You know, With Hopkins coming up, uh, he did a podcast with their head coach, Peter Milliman, just a couple weeks ago, so you get to go behind the curtains and in the enemy lines. Uh, really enjoy following Quint, and he's so generous with his time. He he's is. never said no whenever I've asked him on a podcast or radio show. He said, we'll work it out. He's awesome, and he's a wealth of knowledge. And I think, just look at how far Jacksonville University men's lacrosse has come. Quint works for wrestling, football, national travel, and he got on the phone, and he listed 20 players depth guys, six-year returners. Look at how far JU has come of Quint's wealth and knowledge and span of media. He knows JU's players. He knows this roster. And he knows that for, like, every team, too. He's an ambassador. And you think about the guys that we have on the radio show, uh, Paul Carcaterra, another guy who transitioned to football at ESPN, um, Mark Dixon, Terry, Terry Foy. So we've got some really good guests lined up in coming weeks. Coach Duncan at Flagler College is expected to join us next week. So Embry-Riddle and Flagler College, that was the first game of the season last year as well. It was Flagler's very first game, and I went down and called that game. It was at Embry-Riddle, and Flagler came out and really surprised them. They, they hung for a quarter, a, a half, but Coach Duncan, I was texting with him, He's fired up. That game against Embry-Riddle is in 10 days. He's upgraded his roster significantly. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about JU here in high school here, but having a Division II program just uh, half an hour away, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. You know, I was there in Embry-Riddle in person. My Florida State team, fall of 2020, played at Embry-Riddle. They were a young team. They didn't have really many seniors at the time. Seeing the steps they've taken, and now Flagler's in that same boat. This is year two, year three for Flagler. They now have some veterans. They now have some leadership. Coach Dunk has been there, laid the foundation. It should be an exciting spring for the Saints, and it's just another great addition to Northeast Florida lacrosse. And I would encourage everybody to get out there to their games. Their schedule is very favorable to go for going to watch. I, I have my uh, calendar here, Darby. I, I hand-wrote it for January, February, and March. That's official. Those are some games that I'm going to be calling or definitely attending in the between the high school and the two colleges, uh, it's going to be pretty busy. The first game is on, I think, a Wednesday night at 7 p.m., so people can go after work. They've got a, a few games that are at night and even during the week, so uh, kids can get out there after youth practice and you know, go 
grownups can get out there as well. So excited. So, so Darby, we do want to ask uh, our listeners to, to give us a call or a text. If you have any questions, things we didn't ask, uh, you didn't get answers from, from Coach Galloway or Quint, 904-641-1010. You can call or text on the Lifetime Enclosures text line on the Farrah and Farrah phone lines. Give us a call uh, and, and ask those questions. Don't don't text me. Don't DM me on Twitter. Give Let's hear your voice or uh, send us a text. So getting back to yesterday at JU, you know, obviously the second time around, the second game later in the afternoon, Florida Southern, uh, all reports are that JU came out firing up, fired up. I think they went up 10-1. to 1. Um, And so, yeah, maybe I, maybe I am t- – playing too much into that first game but uh you know there are questions on the defense what questions do you have for JU you know I think you always schedule preseason January scrimmages for that exact reason if you have a young team you have new transfers in you need to see how everyone's going to react right that's the first shot in the pan first time young guys see live action if I'm coach Galloway Sure, it's going to be one thing to hear Lynchburg fans and national pundits question, oh, J.U. lost Lynchburg. But from the coaching side, that is so much motivation. That is going to be a phenomenal film. Coach Galloway said he, he had a f- one set of close defenders for the Lynchburg game and a complete another set of close defenders for the Florida Southern game. For a coaching staff, that gives you all the motivation, all the film, all the notes. They're just going to get better and better from that experience. And like Coach Galloway said, they took a little light scrimmage drives in the fall, so they needed to come out this spring and go test the waters. One of the questions that when people saw the result was, did Jacksonville play their starters? And they absolutely did. I mean, Yoquinto's a uh, quality starter-level player, uh, but other than that, it was the A-team out there in in game one, um, obviously until Waldbaum went down. But J.U. went out there to, to compete and to win the game. And whenever you have these D2, D3 teams coming in and they get the chance to prove themselves and they've got a little chip on their shoulder, the energy level from Lynchburg from the jump, when they got off that bus, you know, these are these are guys who maybe wanted to play D1. Some of them right. probably did play D1. And you probably saw that when you were at the MCLA level. When, when guys get the chance to prove themselves, there's a little something extra. You run a little faster. Your shot's a little harder. You have a little bit more effort on the ground balls. Goalies are a little bit louder. There's prove-it games for those lower-level teams, lower divisions. They come out firing, and for a JU roster that is figuring themselves out, it's a tester game. They're saying, all right, here's what we got. Here's how we're going to react, and here's how we're going to learn to get better. And I'm sure Galloway will do a great job with that. So we've talked up JU, um, previewed Flagler a little bit. When you look at uh, Flagler, their schedule, February 1st, a Wednesday at 7 p.m. against Embry-Riddle. And Palm Beach Atlantic on February 10th. So neither of those games, uh, both at Flagler, great new facilities in St. Augustine, both of those games, neither one co- uh, conflicts with uh, Jacksonville's Hopkin or Duke Duke games, so people can go to, to both. Then they go play the national champs down in Tampa on February 15th. Uh, Florida Tech, Lynn, Rollins, all those Florida schools. So it, it is a, an, a rough schedule. Just like uh, you know we mentioned Jacksonville's, Johns Hopkins, then Duke, then Marist, then High Point. Those Marist is really good. Those first four games, um, a win against any of those teams, it's Jacksonville, 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 and then neutral site in Charlotte is a big win. Absolutely. Both these teams, the national schedules, you look at Flagler and the D2 lineup in Florida, that's nationally ranked teams. You hinted at it. Tampa was a national champions. are coming back ranked number one preseason 
Flagler's going to have plenty of chances to put themselves on the map. And then we looked at JU's schedule. Like you said, Hopkins out the gate, followed up by Duke. Ray, those are two blue bloods, maybe even the blue bloods of college D1 lacrosse coming to the Rock. What an awesome opportunity for the Dolphins to hit the ground running. They went up and beat Duke in, in Durham last year. That was awesome. I'm excited to see what they can do this year. And then you get into the new conference play, playing some familiar foes. You know, it's just going to be a great test for Coach Galloway's team to see really where they are nationally straight out the gate. And that's not the only lacrosse around. Obviously, we're going to talk some high school in the final segment. But uh, yesterday I was with the Brain t- Trust from UNF, the North Florida Ospreys, uh, Coach uh, Tucker Clancy and, and Coach Applegate. They've got to travel down, down to Miami uh, in a couple weeks. But, uh, you know, they've had their ups and downs, and uh, we're about ready for some ups from uh, MCLA Division Two UNF. We are already eight. Ospreys always fly. I always love those guys. So MCLA, uh, I looked at it like a preseason top ten, and I saw some Florida teams in there. How good are the Florida teams? Yeah, I, from an unbiased standpoint, obviously I'm, I'm biased towards Florida State, having spent a long time there. Uh, I think Coach Garrett Hanrahan and the Florida Gators have a strong team coming back. Um, I'm interested to see how Florida State pulls through. They've got a new coaching staff this year, should have some returning talent. You know, MCLA is always, who's got the best culture? Who's bought in the most? There's there's talent in all these big schools. Um, my guy Stavros Neocleos down at Florida Atlantic, I think FAU was probably leading the way for the MCLA D2. Um, you know, and I always love Coach Tucker, Coach Applegate, uh, Coach Stan up at UNF. UNF's got that brand-new turf field. What an awesome experience for those guys, getting out there, making that more legit and – I'm always excited to see the Ospreys do well. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we'll wrap it up with a little high school preview and a little bit more of uh, college lacrosse and hopefully your calls and texts at 904-641-1010. You're listening to This Week in Lax 904 on 1010XL. Fastest game on two feet with This Week in North Florida Lacrosse on 1010XL. It is the fastest show on two feet as well. This week in North Florida lacrosse, Darby, it, it goes quick. But I'd like to thank the M Shack, Cantina Louie, First Coast Crush Lacrosse, and Derek Prince Realtor. We could not do that this without our great sponsors. So earlier in the show, I posed a question to you. If you could have one play back from the Jaguar game yesterday, which one would it be? Unfortunately, it has to be the Agnew fumble. I think that was a momentum-taking drive. Trevor had just trucked a man on third down. He big-boyed him. I think we score that touchdown there. Momentum's on Jaguar's side, and we have the same picture we had the last three weeks. Come from behind, fourth quarter, Trevor leads drives. Agnew's been great. It's an unfortunate play, and I, but I think that was the turning point. I wanted that interception, uh, I think it was the first half. That, that would have really uh, got the momentum sw- swung as well. Uh, had a couple texts on the text line, 904-641-1010. Get them in. How did JU do on faceoffs in both scrimmages? They did very well, well to very well. They didn't dominate. Uh, Lynchburg's really good. I, I feel good about the wing play, and we know what Nathan Cap can do. And as I mentioned to Quint in the first segment, you know, there's a kid who came from Wisconsin, uh, did very well his first year, much better his second year. He's going to get better. His lacrosse IQ and his skill and his ability to get the ball out of his stick in when you're in a jam has really improved, and it's going to continue. So I feel I feel very good about wing play and faceoffs. You know, I think Cap went through a lot of adversity last year. The team kind of went the team kind of went as he went, and I'm expecting a big season from him. He's now experienced. He's he's a leader on the team. I'm excited for production at the faceoff dot. You know. 
another text mentioned that Lynchburg had some extra motivation with Przinsky, Cornelius, and Cook, former Lynchburg guys, uh, on the staff at JU now. Uh, you know, div- the top ten, I'll say it again, at at Division three, uh, Division two, II, Division three are fully capable of playing Division one, and and they were fired up. So. Darby, very quick show. Next week, we're going to get into more of the high school talk. Uh, we're going to uh, line up some some of the coaches as they get into practice. Where are you coaching? Right now, I'm with the Ponte Vedra Sharks. Right now, does that mean you're uh, looking for a higher bidder? <laughs> no, no, no. As a former Shark. I, I'm, I'm a former Shark alumni, so it's the only place for me to jump in. I, I love Coach uh, Chris Polanski and the coaching staff, and something about the light blue and black I, I, gets me fired up. Everyone, Everyone wants that game so bad. Pontevedra Bulls. We're gonna have to wait another year, but the question is, who can beat those two teams in Class uh, One and Two? It's gonna be an interesting year for me for both Bulls and Pontevedra, and even for Ju. I think it's revenge tour season. They all were this close to titles. I think it's revenge season. I'm excited for those three teams. You know, former Ju Dolphin Sean, you were you were. I always, I've said his name wrong for ten years, but uh, he's at Florida Southern. I saw his dad, who's a coach at uh, Dublin Germain, and who's playing both of those teams. He was asking me who's better, who, like, who, which team's better, and I don't know. Um, we'll talk about the players on these two teams, but the bigger question is: Is there anybody that can step up and compete with them up here in North Florida? They both have national schedules this year. They're they playing teams from all over the country, so they'll get tested. But uh, we'll see who the next team in North Florida is is it Creekside or is it Episcopal or is it St. Augustine or whoever we I have no clue I'm not, that's what I'm excited to see Ray it's been a long time since I've been on the high school sidelines I think these kids are all talented the depth of talent on the high school level around here has exploded the youth scene has exploded it's just formed an awesome rivalries awesome talent the teams are better than ever it's gonna be a really fun spring well Darby it's great having you in I'm hoping to have you back in how fun is it to be in the booth calling the games? Oh, it's awesome. Really fired up for the, the Dolphins season, those two first games. If I can get in there with you, we're going to have a blast. Well, we don't have our assignments yet for Hopkins or Duke. Hope to have that very soon. I really want to do those games. It's so much fun to do. It's fun to do it with you. For Darby Brower, we want to thank Coach John Galloway of JU and Quint Kessenick of ESPN. I want to thank our sponsors and all of our followers. Follow me at Twitter, at Lax904. I am Ray Carnicelli. Have a great day. You've been listening to the fastest game on two feet. This week in North Florida lacrosse on 1010XL 92.5 FM.